When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Monster Mashers. Welcome to part two of the Great Pop Culture Debates episode devoted to the best movie monsters. I sold my soul to the devil and all I got was this lousy podcast. I'm your host, Eric Resniak, and I'm again joined by my panelists, Dan Howell, Kate Reculia, and Matt DeTurk. Did you already listen to part one where we went from the final 32 to the scary 16? No? Well, drag yourself back to hell and find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you consume moderately amusing podcasts and get caught up. Make sure you downloaded the listener bracket for this episode at greatpopculturedebate.com so you can play along at home. And now let's meet our monsters. Going into the round two sweet 16s, we've got Dracula versus the Grand High Witch. And Dan, talk to me about why you're picking the OG vampire. Because he is the OG vampire. Like every vampire after Dracula was based upon Dracula in some capacity, whether it was his uh, demeanor, his um, kind of casual seductive nature um that he brought to the character we're taking such a scary monster but making him like oh yeah but like he's not a bad guy Mm, i kind of like him um (laughs) even down to speech patterns and the way he says things and the way he dresses um he really set the tone for so many vampires after him um and even ones like count orlock who we discussed in part one which you should go back and listen to if you haven't yet um you know count orlock is based on Dracula, they just took out the kind of humanistic qualities of him. Um, And he's been portrayed by so many actors in so many different capacities um, that he just, he, you know, he has the staying power and also he will just, um, you know, kill you and suck your blood. So, yikes. (laughs) I'm into it. Uh, Matt, talk to me about the Grand High Witch. The Grand High Witch, I feel like in the grand pantheon of Roald Dahl's Monsters, um, and I feel like as an author, he wrote a lot of he was very like obsessed with monstrous qualities of things. I feel like she actually stands out as probably the most terrifying. And I don't know anybody who saw the movie version of The Grand High Witch as a child and wasn't permanently scarred in some capacity <laughs> because I feel like a combination of the amazing like the Jim Henson's creature shop going like balls to the wall on like actually they could not play with felt Muppets but could go further and I feel like Angelica Houston's iconic performance um I feel like is just the perfect blend of as a kid that is terrifying between her putting you in a painting or her transmogrifying you into something else I feel like she is that mix of drama, terror, and gay icon that we have to reward. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think she's what every gay man aspires to be. Like, we all want to be 
that terrifying, <laughs> but we also want to have better shoes. And we also don't want to have conventions in that lousy convention center. Let's be really honest. So she can't pick a spot, but otherwise, you know, she, she she's does. She's got it going. She's got it. Yes. She absolutely does. Kate, where are you on this one? You know, I... I did see The Witches when I was a tender age. I saw it in the theater. So whatever it came out, like I was Same. seven yeah. or eight or something. And yeah. I don't like Kokoliki. I like Chris. <laughs> <laughs> like, I freaking love The Witches. And The Grand High Witch is an outrageously gorgeous, awful, disgusting, horrifying use of makeup. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can give it to her over the sort of cinematic cultural relevance of Dracula. But I do got to say... It's fantastic. (laughs) I'm in a similar place as Kate. Like I have nothing but respect for that movie. Angelica Houston is so good in that. The prosthetics are incredible. Child is no longer a child. (laughs) Kate, I'm here for the live reading. I'm here for it. I'm ready. Let's go. Yeah, I want a podcast of Kate just quoting the witches. Absolutely. Let's make it happen. Um, Yeah, I think it's it's such a great film. And if you haven't seen it, please go back and find it. It wasn't a huge hit, but I think it has staying power. Yeah, as we've said Absolutely. about Dracula, and it's well. streaming on Netflix. <laughs> oh, that's good to know. Thank you. It was I the will last check that movie out. that Jim Henson actively worked on mm-hmm. before he passed away. Yeah. I do want to do a Jim Henson bracket. It's well, we're yes. doing Buffets for season are, three, which is but, yeah. very exciting. So good. it is. Um, but so all of that said, I can't not give it to Dracula. Like Dracula is, he supersedes everything. And I don't know how you would have a, a monster bracket and Dracula is not at least making elite eight. So can I, I just say, can yes. I just say Dracula, yes. absolutely no match for, Bu- for Buffy, like literally one episode, like done and dusted, <laughs> like not that great. So I'm just putting it out there. So. That's a fair, that's a fair point. <laughs> Um, but I also will point out that if you go to the Bram Stoker's Dracula directed by Coppola, he mm. also has that delicious, like, tear and share bread hairstyle. Yes. So, yes. great for puppies. Absolutely fair. Uh, this is an equal argument that I understand. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So, we will be advancing Mr. Dracula, uh, Count Dracula. I, I've, I'm not being using my honorifics properly um, to the Elite Eights. Next up, we have Patrick Bateman versus Karen. And I had already asked our panelists beforehand. At this point, we're all unanimous in moving Carrie to Elite Eight. Does anybody want to say anything about Mr. Bateman before we go along? He's I'm going to take that as a no. <laughs> he's, he's, he's pretty. He's that pretty. was an intense silence. <laughs> it was. He's a fantastic killer. Yep. And he has great taste in music. Like, really that does. has to be really The music's really amazing. Does. I kind of want to live in his apartment. Yep. For sure. But... Relief washed over me in an awesome wave. <laughs> <laughs> I will just be quoting all of the movies from here. Every well, holly you- jolly Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> Cool it with the anti-Semitic remarks. <laughs> so good. <laughs> All right. So next up, we have Beetlejuice versus Joan Crawford, a battle of the divas. Um, I will speak I on behalf. Love thinking of these as all title matches. Like, yes. Yes. <laughs> or like a Mortal Kombat game. Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> this I want to play yeah, sure. desperately. Yes. Yeah, Coming out on Switch. <laughs> so Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Ta-da, I did it. We finished the, I I called a demon. We finished the podcast. (laughs) Go home, everybody. Um, 
this one, he is a monster. I think we can all agree that he is unequivocally a monster. Yep. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. he's also a goddamn delight. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. when you're watching that movie, even though you know he's not a good person and he's doing some really terrifying things and he's obviously up to no good. You, I don't know about you, but I all root for him. He seems like a great time. And uh, <laughs> he seems like someone I'd want to have drinks with. Um, he's got an eye for fashion. He uh, is good. He can hang with the kids. Um, what a prankster. Uh, but like the, the whole world that has been crafted around this character in this movie is so genius to me. It's really weird that there's never been a sequel. There was obviously the animated spinoff, but there, like this is peak Tim Burton. This is a rich, rich source material that he's playing with. Was it based on anything or did he just come up with this? That's a good question. I don't know. My understanding is it's an original. Yeah, that's, that's my what understanding I is it's an original Tim Burton. Yeah. It's fucking great. And and to me, like I wish he kind of held on to that level of creativity, which is a whole yeah. other topic, but we all do. Um, it is <laughs> yeah. to me that is the flawless movie. And I think that Beetlejuice is a fantastic movie monster. And you know I love Joan Crawford. With that, I'm gonna pass it off to Kate. Uh, so this is kind of a personal thing. Beetlejuice scared the ever-loving shit out of me as a child. Um, <laughs> was it the sandworms? It was the sandworms. It was the part where, like, Gina Davis is, like, pulling her, like, face out of shape. It was the part where Beetlejuice is forcing Winona Ryder to marry her against her, marry him against her will. It was the part when the shrimp cocktail grabbed their faces. I was not prepared for the level of absurd, like, freaky clowning that happened in this film. And I, I just, like, I, I loved, I saw a lot of, like, messed up shit as a kid, and I loved it, but Beetlejuice was not for me. <laughs> I appreciate it very much as, as an adult. I also do not like Beetlejuice. I think he is disgusting. <laughs> I do full think, of bugs. Yeah, I do think Alec Baldwin is an unconsciously, unconscious word. Very hot, very attractive. In that <laughs> he is he's very hot in that he's movie. Very hot yeah, in that movie. Peak Alec Baldwin. It is peak Alec Baldwin. And peak Gina Davis. There's many, many things to recommend that film, but it's not a personal favorite of mine. So I was like, you know what, Joan, I'm going to go down with the ship. I'm going to stand over here and celebrate <laughs> you. You know, don't fuck with me, fellas, etc. Exactly. <laughs> Matt, where are you on this one? Oh, I'm Team Beetlejuice. Again, he's full of bugs. We got weird German expressionist, like neon lighting. I'm all about Beetlejuice. Yeah. Dan? Oh, yeah, Beetlejuice, all the way. Uh, all right. Well, I'm sorry. This okay. is, well, at least it wasn't Joan's first time at a rodeo. So she has that going for her. Uh, next time, we or next up, we have Pennywise versus Ghostface from Scream. And Matt, talk to me about Pennywise. I feel like I should be more embarrassed than I am about the level of some of these that I saw as an adult rather than as a kid. Um, and I feel like that's just one of those cases where like, you know, we all have gaping holes in our knowledge. Some of us more than others, Eric, never mind. Don't please don't discuss my gaping hole on this. podcast. <laughs> it was something that not your gaping hole. Never mind. Anyway, editors cut this out. Um, it was something that Do not has cut this out, editors. <laughs> It was something I knew of, I knew of generally speaking, but somehow I had completely missed the plot of it until the remake came out. And I had, I went to a press screening of it. Um, 
And literally, I was like, oh, there's a clown and there's a balloon and it's Stephen King. And that's all I knew about it. And in the opening scene where the tentacle of Pennywise comes out of the sewer, grabs Georgie, rips off his limb and then starts pulling him down. Like I literally turned to Adam and I was like, what the fuck are we watching? What is this movie about? I thought there was a clown like I... It was as an adult, legitimately, I was horrified by what I was watching. I really enjoyed it. So, and you, you must anyway. know, listeners, Matt Turk has a very serious horror uh, or fear of tentacles. That I is do. the truth. Yeah, it is not funny, and our friends like to tease him <laughs> about this, funny. but it's it's funny. not funny. So, I'm sure that was really triggering for you. I was like, "This is a clown," and then suddenly there's a tentacle, and I was like, "I I was I was not prepared," and I was like full hood over my eyes scooched down in the seat like trying not to scream watching this as a 30 something year old i was it was uh so i'm pennywise because mm-mm, no nothing goes <laughs> we all float down here uh kate were you going to talk about Ghostface? i mean i will continue to stump for Ghostface just because in the way that michael myers is this sort of like evil without emotion that could be anywhere at any time. Ghostface is a person who can be anyone that you already know, who's already in your life, as Dewey makes the case to Sydney in the second movie saying, well, if someone is coming after you again, it's someone you already know. So you're probably going to end up killing your boyfriend passively, um, even though he's not the bad guy this time. Um, and that is a very terrifying idea to me. But, you know, at the same time, if Pennywise goes forward, I fucking hate clowns. So, like, I get it. I really get it. And, I mean, it is about the terror of childhood and realizing that, like, not you cannot be protected from everything and that, like, adults are blind to, like, crazy stuff that's going on around you. Um, ultimately, is the reveal that Pennywise is, like, some weird ancient interstellar spider kind of lame and dumb? Yes. <laughs> but in his clown form, he is horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like Kate, you're you're still sticking with Ghostface. Yes. 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 Matt's obviously Pennywise. Dan, where are you? I am Pennywise. Yeah. I, I'm also Pennywise on this one. No, I, I love the arguments you've made for Ghostface, Kate. You really have. Like you've made me take them cons- uh, very seriously in this bracket, which I wasn't before. But in terms of like which one is again more monstrous? Yes. Uh, I, I, I'm going with Pennywise. Yeah. Uh, next up, it's the Wicked Witch of the West versus Gremlins. Another hilarious uh, matchup. <laughs> again, I'd like to see this film. I'll, I'll talk on behalf of the witch here. Um, I, I mentioned in the last one, like how many of our panelists were scared of her as a kid. And I think we got three out of four admitted that they were scared of her as a child. I think that the the witch really, there is a cultural relevance to this portrayal that is undeniable. And I also think in terms of the performance by Margaret Hamilton, the filmmaking that was deployed at the time at which it was deployed, and the fact that no, well, that's 1930s, right? Is it 1934 for Wizard of Oz? Uh, 39, I think. Hold on. See, I think okay. it's 39 because 39 was like one of those big yeah, years, Yeah, it was right? the year that Gone with the Wind came out too. Yeah. So you're talking 80 years later, that character and that uh, interpretation of it is still as relevant as it always has been. That is tremendous to me. And so I think that she really is a legendary and a, a I think it's an unquestionable monster. Like a, she, and I hear what you're saying about the wicked kind of 
um, humanizing her, etc. And 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 yes, I, I'm considering that like parallel universe version of the witch. That's fair. Um, she's just this incredibly malicious, greedy person who's willing to terrorize slash kill a, a a kid to get a fabulous pair of shoes. And I can identify with that. So um, <laughs> that's how I approached my ne- my niece and nephew. Like, um, no, but in all seriousness, that's why I'm putting forward the, the witch. I think that she is, uh, and nothing against gremlins. I love the gremlins. But I think that she, to me, is a more marquee monster than, say, gremlins. But I'm going to pass it to Dan for that. Um, yeah, and again, and this this is a tough matchup because again, I'm not I'm not opposed to the Wicked Witch moving on. I will say my favorite iteration of the Wicked Witch, portrayed by Margaret Hamilton, is probably from the Paul Lind Halloween special. Oh my god, <laughs> because she's yeah. in it, she's in the whole thing, and it's incredible. And you can find it on YouTube. I watch it every yes. year at Halloween. <laughs> it's great and it's insane. But so so the Gremlins. You know, they are, again, they're these creatures that are just out for blood. Like, they're just here to kill. Um, They are here to take people down. They're here to infiltrate a society and become the dominant species. Um, They're not concerned about your shoes. They are just going to kill you. They are going to drive a tractor through your house. They are going to drown you in a pool. They are going to do whatever they need to do to take over the world essentially and again it you know like matt said uh in the the first round they have that capacity to reproduce chaos um in their ability to reproduce themselves like there is no foreseeable end to gremlins if they take hold um also their sequel is amazing i love gremlins too like the sequel in incredible because you really see these gremlins like they become part of society um they are trying to run the show and it's (laughs) it's bananas (laughs) it it is yeah like we quoted gremlins too heavily as children it is one of my brother's night favorite movies oh it's so good but that does raise a good point i would say though as we say that the wicked witch's weakness is water the gremlin's weakness is sunlight so they right. both kind of are equal footing on that one so kate yeah. where are you coming down on this one? i i mean the gremlins have their appeal and the scene with his mother billy's mother killing them in the kitchen is brutal <laughs> just, that is a vicious scene vicious sequence for a pg movie just absolutely vicious yeah um, and uh but i can't knock the wicked witch of the west she is hollywood monster royalty Matt to Turk, where are you coming down on this one? I feel that I also am. I love the Gremlins, but I cannot deny the argument that the witch is is royalty. As I'm literally just repeating what Kate just said. Literally what Kate just said. That's exactly <laughs> it. So yes, I am also. I'm doing that thing. So yes, I agree. Witch going witch. All right. So sorry about that, Dan. Gremlins are getting knocked out. I get it. You get it. All right. Next up, we have Michael Myers from Halloween versus Audrey 2 from Little Shop of Horrors. That is a bizarre matchup. It I'm really going to throw is. it to Kate on Mr. <laughs> Myers. I just like if Michael Myers came into the shop, <laughs> what happened? You're not sour. Like, you're not like talking. look at Audrey 2, like with a little tilt of the head and like look at his knife and be like, like and like leave. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, Michael Myers is. You know, in the way that um, 
the Wicked Witch of the West is sort of like first half of the 20th century Hollywood monster royalty, second half of the century Hollywood monster royalty. You know, when, when Halloween came out, it just completely recreated, reinvigorated a whole new genre of, of horror film. And part of that, part of the power of that is that Michael Myers is a shape, literally the shape that you can read anything onto, right? He's just sort of omnipresent. He's there, like the arguments made in the first round. And there's just something very chilling about that. He's, uh, he is sort of a, he's a ghost. He's a ghost in the machine, which I know refers to something else, but, (laughs) but yeah, and there's, there's something about that that's archetypal in, in the second half of um, 20th century American film. It's an interesting argument. Chronologically, was he the first of the like big slashers? I think he was the first of the sort of like slashers with a personality because like Black Christmas is kind of the first slasher movie. Sure. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't have like a figure, right? Like like an idea of a a person who's coming after you. Right. But like uh, Friday the 13th, is that after the original Halloween? Yeah. Plus Jason's Mm -hmm. not the killer in the first movie. It's his mom. So so Michael Myers really is like the – Biggest of the like of the prototypical '80s slasher ones. He's he's the the father of it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. That helps me. Uh, I'm going to give it to Matt for defense of Audrey Two. Uh, I feel like this reiterates many of my uh, normal points. Uh, yeah. It is it is a puppet. It sings. <laughs> it has style. It has grace, <laughs> and it wants to eat people. What more do you need? This is it. This is the ultimate. Audrey Two is everything I want. <laughs> oh, I mean, in a monster, not me personally. It's fine. <laughs> it has style. It has flair. It was there, and that's how it became Audrey Two. Audrey Two. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's my argument. I'm going with that. All right, Matt or Dan, where are you coming down on this one? Um, I got I got to give it to Michael Myers. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I love Audrey too, but uh, he's just so fucking creepy. Where it's it's go ahead, Kate. I was gonna say I was gonna ask where you were coming down, Eric. So initially, I was not really bullish on Michael Myers because I think I kind of referenced this in part one. I don't find Halloween that scary now. Mm. Like of those movies, that's when I like it's well made. Don't get me wrong. Suspense. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I think it's really good, but I don't find it actually scary. But I think in terms of what uh, a cultural resonance, you can't discount the slasher. Yeah. It's an entire genre and you wouldn't have that genre really without Michael Myers. Yeah. According to Wikipedia right now, they're talking about Friday the 13th created to cash in on the success of Halloween, which was made in mm-hmm. 1978. So there yeah, you go. Yeah. It started the trend. I also give him points because it's a William Shatner mask. <laughs> right. the basis of his face, which yeah. I think is hilarious. <laughs> I think it's fascinating as a franchise because it's had a lot of fits and starts. Um, Like they went through the whole like demonic possession thing. Then they went through the whole uh, weird mask. No, was that number four or five? That was was three. And it is so weird. It's own timeline. (laughs) (laughs) And then you had the reboot done by Rob Zombie, which I did not hate. And now you have the re-re-reboot, which is the Bloomhouse version. And like, I think that of all those slasher ones, it has the most legs. And so I think, even though I don't find them necessarily scary, clearly there's something about him, even though he's a cipher as a character, right? Like, Michael Myers himself does not have a characteristic. Yeah. Other Other than relentlessness. 
right. relentlessness yeah. Yeah. and the omnipresence of him. It's like very much the Samuel song from the eighties. Someone's watching me. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So for that reason, I'm going to go with Michael and, and we'll move him along to our elite eight. Next up, we have another unanimous decision. It's the Xenomorph from alien versus Candyman, And we all came down on the side of the Xenomorph. So we'll be seeing him again in a second. And finally, what I consider to be a really tough matchup, it's Freddy Krueger versus Hannibal Lecter. Matt, why don't you go ahead and talk about Hannibal first? So Hannibal, generally speaking, as a character, I just I find fascinating for the same reasons we've previously talked about. Like, what do you find scary? And I think that we, generally speaking, as an American culture, find cannibalism absolutely terrifying and revolting. Um, I personally think it's like a really fascinating idea, um, simply because of like the fact that I was very stuck on one of the daily show skits when not skits exactly, but you know, the, the coverage when Samantha B was covering the fact that a, uh, paleontologist had been, uh, trying to like go through and find different aspects of cultures and ended up creating a, uh, uh, tofu that they said tasted like human flesh because they wanted other people studying to be able to understand like what human flesh tasted like without actually tasting like human flesh. And I think that therefore it's fascinating because it's this whole taboo we're terrified of. And so I find therefore Hannibal Lecter like terrifying on the level that he's crazy, but also he's meticulous and he touches into something that actually we're all terrified of. That is such an interesting argument, and I'm probably going to um, get in trouble here, and a lot of people are going to raise eyebrows with this statement. I don't think Hannibal Lecter is crazy. No, I, I don't think, think he's that, crazy at all. <laughs> I think he is perfectly sane, yeah. and I think I don't even think Hannibal thinks of himself as a cannibal because Hannibal doesn't think of himself and human beings on the same level. Yeah, I think Hannibal looks oh. – this is my interpretation, and people can tell me I'm crazy – Based on, and I th- I think I read one of the books in the series, and I watched both of the movies, and then I watched a good chunk of the the TV series, which is really interesting. Which I love the show. Love yes. the show. Um, and my sense of the character is that he looks at people the way that people look at animals. They're, they're not even on the same level intellectually. Mm-hmm. And so he's detached from them in a way. I don't think it's crazy. I think it's a mental disorder maybe, mm-hmm. but I don't think of him as irrational. And that's why I love him as a character. Mm-hmm. This is a really hard choice for me because I think he is terrifying because he is what happens when you have a genius who is completely unshackled himself from the general rules that we all agree on as society, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That to me is so compelling and mm-hmm. it's captivating. I actually love Hannibal. I know that that is a, most people think that movie's garbage. I love it. I think it's a great movie and I was in for the whole thing. That's the one with um, where they eat Ray Liotta's brain, right? Yes. Okay. And it's Julianne Moore replaces, <laughs> I think he, I mean, obviously the performance by by um, Anthony Hopkins, Hopkins is incredible. Yes. Uh, peerless, course. flawless. There's no yeah. question about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think the character is amazing. You are not going to hear me say a bad word about Hannibal. I am here to defend Freddy Krueger. <laughs> so I will say. <laughs> right? 
so that I'm going to make a great segue. turn, right? Um, I think if we're talking about the 80s slasher monsters, Freddy is the most monstrous of them. And what a genius creature because he can kill you while you sleep. Let me uh, take you back. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just, I I just say, no, no. I just wanted to say literally that I think is up there on very, very high on my list of, ter- of of things that terrify me is literally like dying in your sleep. That kind of unfinished feeling. And you cannot escape from him, right? Yep. Like he can get you no matter where you are. It is yep. a great concept for a character, mm-hmm. a monster specifically. I saw Friday or uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one. When I was six years old, oh, oh my god! My babysitter <laughs> decided it would be a great who was idea. That babysitter, she must have. Done- I don't even know. Ah. I honestly I couldn't even tell you who it was. But she Yikes. had her her gentleman friend over, and it was myself and my older brother, who was four years older than I am. And she let us watch Nightmare on Elm Street one, and we refused to go to bed that night. We stayed up the whole night long. One of my proudest achievements in life is that Brian, my older brother, vomited in the middle of the night because he was so scared, and I didn't. <laughs> so that gives you my my. But Freddy Krueger is fucking terrifying. The scarification, the razor claws, the he was burned in a. Uh, he was like, was he an actual pedo or was he basically in the, like in the first maligned? In the first movie, he was a child murderer. In the reboot, okay. they made it more explicit that he was a pedophile, which was what they wanted okay. to do, I believe, in the original one. But they didn't make it explicit. He just killed children in the first okay. one. I mean, whatevs. Whatevs. <laughs> like, at that point, like exactly. <laughs> Um, like it's he's terrifying from front to back, yeah. and I, I like the kills in those movies are incredibly cinematic, and mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. he's got a charisma to him. Like Freddy, this is a really hard matchup. These, in my opinion, these should have both been number one seeds. This should be a final four matchup. Yeah. But if I have to choose which one of them I consider to be more of a monster, I'm going with Freddy here. Even though if we push forward Hannibal, I get it. Because he's he's just as much of a monster. So, with all of that said, there's no wrong choice here. Kate, where are you coming down? Hardcore, Freddy. Hardcore. Dan. Yeah, I have Freddy going on. But, the, man, these were amazing arguments for Hannibal. Because this was a really tough matchup. It was. This one was hard. Super. I agree. Yeah. And I think you did a great job supporting Hannibal, Matt. And I think <laughs> it's a matter of debate. Like, is he crazy or is he not? And people, and think- I'm sure, will... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I jumped in on you. I think that uh, absolutely, like... This is one. Yeah, this is top tier. And I'm not at all sad about Freddy Krueger because I agree. I think he's terrifying and a great monster. Great. Um, I I think people will have strong opinions on this one. And I really look forward to you sharing them with us on social media or on the website. Greatpopculturedebate.com. Find us. So that's our Elite Eight. Uh, We're going to jump right into it. I'm going to go around the horn and just get votes for people. In the first matchup, we have Dracula versus Carrie. I'm going to start with Matt Turk. Where are you coming down? Oh, I'm going Carrie. All right. Uh, I'm going to give it to Dan. I got it. Yeah, Carrie. Interesting. Kate, I know you're Carrie. Carrie! Vote for Carrie. For- <laughs> Prom queen. We saw that the first time. Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually would have voted for Dracula, for the record. I think that Dracula is the more iconic of the two, but I understand when I'm beaten. Uh, so Carrie advances to final four. Next up, it's Beetlejuice versus Pennywise. I'm going to start with Kate. Wow. A Pennywise. But that's a very, like, like uh, they're pretty evenly matched. I agree. That's a very even matchup. Uh, Matt Turk. I, I like both, but I got to say, I prefer Beetlejuice. 
Okay, Dan. They're both great, uh, but I am Beetlejuice. And in this one, I actually am going to give it to Pennywise, which means we are going to have a tie. And I believe the tie break is back to me, correct? I think so, yeah. I think yeah. so. I don't know. Okay. So we are now, I'm going to, sorry, folks, uh, but we're going to, I'm going to use the tiebreaker and move Pennywise to the uh, final four. Wicked Witch versus Michael Myers. Uh, <laughs> Matt to Turk. <laughs> Michael Myers. <laughs> uh, Kate Reculia. I'm going to give it to the Wicked Witch. Dan Howell. Michael Myers. Uh, I'm also going to go with Michael here. Um, I think it's important to have Slasher represented in the final four. And I, as we've discussed, he's kind of like the proto Slasher. Mm-hmm. The final one is Xenomorph versus Freddy Krueger. And I'm going to start with Dan Howell. Uh, I am. I'm going with Xenomorph. Okay. Uh, Kate. I'm going with Freddy. But I. Yeah. Just because. Ooh. Well, do you want to hear me out? Do you want a little more argument? Or do you want yeah, to- okay. I want to hear it. Yeah. So the xenomorph is absolutely terrifying. Unbelievable creature design. Unbelievable filmmaking for the majority of the films. Um, <laughs> and, you know, just an incredible... Every, everything about the way that the alien works is horrifying. Next level. Um, and it has it has that sort of cultural relevance and it and it is uniquely cinematic to see and experience alien on a big screen is part of the terror. Freddy Krueger is he has that cultural relevance. He is very unique. He is a, a slasher with a very specific backstory who ha- preys on people, the children of people who have wronged him. Right. And he's also very versatile, right? Like there's some of the movies are very straight horror. Some of them are a little more of a comedy. And then you get to like new nightmare, which is like meta, uh, like a meta horror movie that paves the way for movies like scream. Uh, but the thing about Freddy that I think makes him stand out for me in terms of he is the best movie monster I'm tipping my hand right now. What is a movie, but like an imagined vision, right? That is how Freddy kills you. He kills you with movies. He kills you with these sort of imagined creations in your mind. And the the imagination and the effects and the sheer freaking weirdness of some of the stuff in those movies is so powerful and so like a part of where he gets that power from is the fact that it is a movie and that it is a cinematic medium. And that is my argument for Freddy Krueger. It's a great <laughs> meta argument. Thank you. Well done, ma'am. Thank you. Well done, ma'am. Uh, Matt Turk, where are you coming down on this one? I was going to say Alien, but Kate completely swayed me. So really? I, like, like, listen, I think that the Xenomorph is absolutely terrifying. But listen, I Kate sold me. I'm, I'm going Freddy. Thank you. So Thank you. I... I would like, since we haven't really discussed Xenomorph at all, I would Mm -hmm. like to take the opportunity to discuss that character. Mm -hmm. And it's the one I actually have going all the way. And here's why. I think you do. Um, (laughs) The Xenomorph, I mean, you want to talk about a character where the movies are versatile. The difference between the first Alien, which is very much a suspense film. It's it's a sci-fi movie. It's also a suspense film. It's also a horror film. It's a body horror film. And then you look at it over the course of Aliens, which is just a full-on action, like like jaw dropper then you get to alien three and it becomes a prison movie and it becomes something completely different i'm not going to talk about resurrection that's a hot boo boo mess (laughs) but like 
Prometheus no also is a completely different type of movie again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they're all really different movies. And at the center of it, you have what I, and the reason I put the, the Xenomorph as my number one is we've talked about how some, one of the elements that makes certain things like Roman scary is the reproducible aspect of it. The, if you talk about a creature alone, there is nothing more um, horrific to me than the xenomorph, something that will implant itself in you without you having any say of it. It will overtake you and you will become the breeding ground for more of it and it will just conquer. They are basically indestructible and it is fucking horrifying from the face huggers to the chest burster to the actual xenomorph itself. The fact that they can become different, like whatever they implant themselves in, they take on that characteristic. Terrifying to me. Mm And a level like the thing was terrifying. The xenomorph is even more terrifying to me. So I hear what Kate's saying and and I totally get the edge that Freddie has because if we're talking about movie monsters, what's the better thing than something that kills you in the way that movies are made through imagination? Mm-hmm. It's a very clever argument. My Thank dear, you. <laughs> um, but if I'm talking about movie monsters, there is nothing more monstrous to me than the xenomorph. It is, uh, and in, I believe in the canon, they are designed specifically to be killing machines. That's the mm-hmm. entire reason they exist is mm-hmm. to wipe out entire societies. Mm-hmm. It's fucking terrifying. I I feel like also with that though, one of the things that's in interesting when you talk about like the type of fear that each one manifests like the xenomorph one for me feels like a very like a physical fear like you actively are scared of it and freddy because you know he is a you know at times a physical being but then also in effect enters your actual you know mind and dreamscape i feel like is a more of like an an overwhelming sense of like inescapability like the alien also like you know is coming for you at all times because it's a killing machine i just it's really interesting to me that i it feels to me almost like putting pitting together like like a fear of mind versus a physicality fear because the alien to me feels so visceral like it's really interesting Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. i think that's That's a great argument very true yeah because yeah freddie yeah, Freddy kills your brain. There's no place you can sleep or no place you yep. can hide from him. And like yep. conceivably, you could hide from the alien. You could get on another ship and get away. Right. Newt hid from the aliens for at least a little while in Aliens, the sequel. So, Matt, are you sticking with Freddy? I am, yeah. Dan, where are you coming down? I'm I'm going to stick with the Xenomorph. These are amazing arguments, though. But, I mean, yeah, that Xenomorph, Eric, like you said, just everything about that character just gives me the heebie-jeebies mm-hmm. um yeah from the implantation to sheer destruction it's, it's frightening so i'm actually gonna um i'm gonna do something unexpected <gasps> i'm gonna swing my vote after that debate and i'm actually gonna give it to freddy i'm like clacking my razor glove appreciatively at you <laughs> That's part of the thing, right? Like with Freddy, like even you didn't even have to see him in the early movies. Like just hearing the screeching metal sound of his glove going against the fence mm-hmm. and that terrifying nursery rhyme that they did, oh. the, the haunting nursery. Don't even do it. 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 I can't do it. Um, that's evocative. It's really evocative. So our final four is Carrie versus Pennywise. 
and Michael Myers versus Freddy Krueger. At this point, I always like to take a step back and see how we did. Um, I think this is a great Final Four. I think this is the only possible... Yeah, like I'm not going to say that. I think it's they're all terrifying in their own way, and I'm going to go to the final votes. I'm going to give it to Dan Howell first, Carrie versus Pennywise. Oh, God. Um... We're going to go with Carrie. Um, yeah. She's just going to fuck you up. All right. I'm going to go to Matt the Turk next. Oh, this is so tough. Because, again, I feel like it comes down to, like, very different feelings on terror or movie monster iconicness, which I feel like is. And I feel like. Okay. I'm gonna, I feel like I'm going to argue against myself in certain cases, what I've said previously. I feel like in this case, I'm going to go Carrie because I feel like that is an, that is an image that it stands the test of time. I'm going with Carrie. Interesting. Kate, I know you're going with Carrie. I am going with Carrie. I mean, if they really were like fighting each other, Pennywise would probably win. Because <laughs> Pennywise would know how to prey Damn. on all of her insecurities. But then, I mean, she took out Betty Buckley. She could take out Pennywise. <laughs> Fair. Um, I would have voted for Pennywise, and I'm still going to vote for Pennywise, because if we're talking about monsters, I consider Carrie to be more of the victim of the story. We mm-hmm. talked about this with mm-hmm. Frankenstein's monster. Yep. That's more of the victim yeah. rather yeah. than mm-hmm. the monster. But she, yeah. so what, but she is the monster. She does is do she? that. She does do I mean, that. But what if she had been nurtured instead of tortured? Would she have ended up being a monster, or would she have used her power for good? Am uh, I the only person who like applauded when she did that? I was like, <laughs> Good for you. Oh, good wait. for you. I mean, they have it coming. This doesn't yeah. come down to though. In this case, like, do we do we feel like the monster has to be the villain? Because right. in this case, no. I feel like she's a tragic. In monster. this case, very much. No, I'm like, um, yeah, no, girl, you get it. You're right. She's in the right. She's a monster <laughs> hero, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. She is a monster hero for sure. I guess I don't think. I- I'm glad she's here. I'm glad she's made it far and everything. <laughs> I just I don't consider her to be monstrous in the same way that I consider, say, Pennywise to be overtly monstrous. I think Carrie is someone who, who I, I understand why she 100% fits the, the mold of vil, or, or monster, but I, I think that she was the victim of that story, and I have nothing but empathy for her, and it's fine mm-hmm. to have empathy for monsters, but I have none for, say, any of the other three that are in this final four. Carrie, I have empathy for, but yep. none of the others, so I do. So mm. ultimately, that's my argument for Pennywise. To me, he is full-on monster with none of the I feel bad for you. And I know when I'm licked. So is everybody else sticking <laughs> with Carrie? Yep. Eric, you have flipped my vote no! to Pennywise. No! Uh-oh. See? Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Wait. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here's the thing, right? Pennywise is evil he's just a monster he doesn't complicate our idea of what a monster is carrie complicates our idea of what a monster is and makes us sit with the horror of power and community and pain and like that's why i think she's super special as a figure all right yeah okay and i don't deny any of that Mm -hmm. yeah matt are you sticking with carrie i'm i'm sticking with carrie i think that pennywise is 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 great but i feel like Pennywise isn't quite as iconic in visual appeal. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, Dan, are you sticking with Pennywise with me? Yeah, I'm going to stick with Pennywise. <laughs> so, here's the thing. 
at the final four, I'm not going to do a tiebreaker. I don't think that that's fair. So I think we have to come to an agreement. And with that being said, I'm willing to give my vote to Carrie if it means advancing. <laughs> like, I just need to move a lot. <laughs> I don't think that it's appropriate to use much like Carrie's telekinetic yes. powers. To bring up, I don't think it's fine to use my, my, my tie-breaking abilities at this stage in the competition. So um, I think what I'm hearing is at one point, three of you were pro-Carrie. So I think Carrie is the right choice here. I Listen, agree. she's a great choice. She is a great choice. <laughs> All right. Final two for Carrie. Michael Myers versus Freddy Krueger. I'm going to throw it to Matt Turk first. Uh, Krueger. It's uh, as, as we established, dreamscape terrifies me. Dan Howell. Uh, yeah, I got to go with Freddy. He's just fucking scary. Kate Ragoya. Uh Freddy Krueger, 100%. Yeah, it, that's a sweep for me for Freddy Krueger as well. Yeah. So well, here it is, folks. Final two. Oh, Carrie versus Freddy Krueger. <laughs> this, is right, this, this is the video game I want to play. I'm going to be <laughs> Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> Both people who were killed in schools. So I, I do want to point that out. Um, no, Carrie died when well, she got home. She did. Did she? She made, it, she made it home. She crucified Piper Laurie, and then she pulled the whole house down on top of her. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. what happened. In my head, it's the, it's the school gym that collapses on her. But no, you're right. No, she gets out. Yeah, she the rest out. of the town. Yeah. And she killed her mom. Mm-hmm. Good for her. Good for her. <laughs> yeah, her mom, her you, mom is a terrible the worst. Um, Sniper. Dan, where are you on this one? God, I gotta go with Freddy. All right, Matt Turk. I gotta go with Freddy. Kate Reculia. I mean, I love Carrie. She is my favorite movie monster, but I cannot deny my own argument. Freddy Krueger is (laughs) the monster who turns your imagination against you. And he is. is He's the opposite of Figment. Yes, Mm -hmm. he is. (laughs) Anti-figment. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I hope. Uh, uh, that is fan uh, art I now want to watch. I want to see that uh, that mashup now. That's okay. You know what I'm requesting? Next time commissions are open. There you go. And I'm also going to give it to Freddie. Um, I, I think that we've made a good argument for getting Carrie to the final two. But if we're talking about like who's the most – like Freddie's terrifying. And I'm probably going to have nightmares about it tonight. Yeah. So thanks for that. Everybody. I mean, and you don't want to give Carrie a crown. Like, just that did not go well. Don't do it. Doesn't work well. No. Exactly. Oh, I, I will say this. What is going on with the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise right now? Because they had that ill-fated reboot with Jackie Earl Haley, who yeah. could not, he could not fill those shoes. Um, yeah. Is there anything going on with that right now? I don't think so. I Not that I'm aware of fascinating i say i think the most recent thing i mean which isn't obviously like quote unquote true canon but there was the documentary about you know um nightmare two last year yes yeah right. it's good um, it's very good which is great it was yeah. awesome it was really really good yes agreed that was fascinating well there you go folks that is it that's our pick for the best movie monster were you surprised were you furious were you terrified guess what when you're listening to a podcast nobody can hear you scream but we do want to know what you think so feel free to murder us on twitter instagram facebook or on our website to my panelists i want to say thank you for joining me you killed it 
No, really, I know what you did last summer and I'm alerting the authorities. Thank you to everyone listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please head to our website to check out the other episodes that we've recorded and to see what polls are open for your votes. Subscribe to us on the podcast platform of your choice, leave a review or a rating, or consider supporting us on Patreon. And with that, happy Halloween, everybody. We have much more than a dude in an albino Shatner mask to worry about this year, so please stay safe. Bye. Bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.